investments in clean energy are now really picking up speed. The European Commission has the ambition to make Europe climate neutral by 2050. And US President Joe Biden has also made the energy transition a spearhead of his policy. This requires huge investments. Not only must investments be made in the production of renewable energy, the entire energy system must be redesigned. In this podcast, I talk with Jennifer Boscardin-Ching about the opportunities that the energy transition offers to investors. Jennifer joined Pictet Asset Management in 2020 as Client Portfolio Manager in the Thematic Equities team. And prior to joining Pictet, Jennifer worked as Strategy Manager at RWE Renewables, headquartered in Germany. Jennifer, welcome. Thanks very much for having me and it's really good to be here. So Jennifer, how far are we in the transition towards a climate neutral energy system? So in a nutshell, I would say if we're talking about the transformation of our energy systems towards carbon neutrality, um, then we're still definitely at a relatively early stage. I mean, the issue of tackling climate change itself is not really new. Uh, after all, the, the Kyoto Protocol, which is the international treaty to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, that was already signed by global governments in 1997. But the actual turning point where we can see the transition really starting to happen, that has actually only started in the past few years. And so what's happening? Well, we know that we need large-scale investments to transform our energy systems and evolve towards a carbon-neutral society. And so in response to that, over the years, a number of countries now have pledged to achieve net zero emissions. Um, and this has been growing. And these pledges now cover around 70% of global emissions. Uh, in fact, recently, the International Energy Agency also issued a report which estimates that annual clean energy investments will actually triple to more than 4 trillion US dollars by 2030. So all of this to say is that, I mean, this already is a huge step forward in the sense that the pledges have been made, the investments are starting, but the transition itself is still in the early stage. I mean, we see that these government pledges and announcements are going on until 2040, year 2050, or even 2060 in the case of China. So this generally means that we still have decades in front of us for these transformations, and there's actually still a lot of work to be done. Um, we saw already in the last few years, of course, there has been the, the rollout of renewables that has been accelerating in certain regions of the world, but that's actually just one part of the picture that's maybe one of the more obvious parts. There are many other parts of the energy system that will need to be disrupted and transformed, like in the transport sector, for example, um, with the massive electrification wave that we're going to go through with the rise in electric vehicles. So this will lead to a transformation in other parts of our energy system as well. So, so to your point, indeed, the importance of renewable energy has been emphasized for decades, but it seems that the energy transition is only now really gaining a momentum. What do you think caused this? Uh, yeah, indeed. Actually, I would say what has really changed uh, from decades ago until now, it's really definitely the, the innovation and the technology developments over the last years, which has actually been a fundamental game changer for the clean energy theme, and this will continue to be a game changer. So the reason why we see this turning point really only happening recently instead of 20 years ago is because this type of innovation and technology developments has actually led to a remarkable drop in the cost of clean energy technologies over the past years, to the point where they are increasingly 
extremely economically competitive today. So just as an example, the, the cost of solar energy has dropped by about 80% over the past 10 years. And even now, if we're looking at the cost of batteries, for example, this is going down at an even faster rate. So there's basically been a fundamental shift where these clean technology solutions that were not competitive a decade ago, or they relied too much on government subsidies, are now today some of the most cost-competitive solutions out there. And so this is an important development because effectively now everything makes sense. Maybe before, from an environmental and health perspective, clean technologies were very necessary and very desirable, but there was no economic incentive to use those technologies because they were so expensive. But now we have that incentive, and in many parts of the world today, renewables are the cheapest form of electricity generation. So this is probably one of the largest the changes that we see is that these clean energy technologies won't be so dependent on government policies or subsidies in the future, but actually can grow fully on their own due to just competitiveness. Right. Let's talk a bit more, Jennifer, about the role of asset managers, um, because where do they come into the picture? What, what role can they play in all of this? Um, yeah, definitely as an asset manager, we, we have an important role to play. Um, I would say we, we would have a role to play in particular in three different areas. Um, our first role is really linked to seeking those opportunities. So this is really about investing in the solutions or the companies that will really contribute towards and benefit from the energy transition. Um, and this is actually somewhat linked to the second role, which is all about managing risks, right? So for example, within climate risks, there's, there's transition risks, and then there's also physical risks. So if we talk about transition risks, this is really being, uh, it's about being aware of how changes in regulation or consumer behavior will lead to winners and losers in the future within these large transitions. And then on physical risks, these are, this is about um, thinking about how your investments or how might the companies in your portfolio be impacted by future extreme weather events or climate change. And then finally, I would say as the third point, um, as an asset manager, I think it's also important to practice engagement with our companies uh, in order to practice good stewardship. It is our responsibility to engage with the companies as shareholders in order to positively influence their ESG performance and to also ensure their long-term financial sustainability. Right. Now, the clean energy investment universe is often narrowed down to simply renewable energy, but my understanding is that the investment universe is maybe wider than that, right? Oh, definitely so. Um, yeah, well, we define the clean energy universe to be definitely much broader than uh, renewable energy. And that's because we take a comprehensive view of the transformations that would be needed across the whole energy system from the way we produce energy to the way we use it. So in simpler terms, basically all the way from supply to demand. And so within this whole energy universe, the, our whole energy systems, well, there's actually quite a few different categories, which I can, I can describe. Um, so maybe the most obvious part, as we mentioned, there's the supply part where you have renewable energy. So for example, uh, offshore wind and onshore wind and produces of solar energy. Um, and these are the companies that, or the, 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 the themes that we would usually think about immediately. But then also on the demand side, there's actually a lot of things that need to be done and a lot of opportunities. Um, and this part is really related to energy use. So it's about reducing energy demand and becoming much more efficient in the way that we use our energy. And here we see opportunities in a broad range of sectors. Um, there's the manufacturing sector, for example, where we are seeing 
efficient manufacturing solutions come up, uh, for example, through advanced simulation software that can really help the manufacturing process to become much more resource and energy efficient. Demand also touches on buildings uh, to reduce energy waste in residential or commercial buildings by installing insulation, using much more energy efficient lighting or switching from old appliances to newer and much more energy efficient ones. Uh, there are also a couple of other categories. There's a category we call enabling infrastructure, which refers to networks, smart grids, charging infrastructure, and all those transmission and distribution lines that we see out there that tie the whole energy system together. And then finally, I would also say there's a category that we call enabling technologies, which consists of um, technologies such as battery storage and, and power management semiconductors, which are actually really critical to accompany the transition to a low carbon economy. So just again, as an example, large scale batteries are increasingly becoming a competitive solution towards smoothing out the kind of intermittent electricity generation of renewable energy. So as renewable energy grows, um, batteries will also experience a large growth alongside that in addition to their use as well in electric vehicles. Yeah. So, so talking about those electric vehicles, uh, we definitely see electric cars gaining momentum at the moment. Uh, is it an important theme within the clean uh, energy universe? Uh, in a nutshell, yes. Uh, mobility and transport is definitely an important, let's say, a uh, sub-theme within the clean energy theme, right? And so here we are referring mostly to, to electric vehicles, electrification of transport. Um, and then just now, as I described in the investment universe, we don't only look at, let's say, producers of electric cars, right? But we really look also at the companies producing uh, electric motors or other components, smart car technology, such as light detection and ranging, or even car charging infrastructure. So uh, in this part, an important part actually of e-mobility uh, for us lies within the segment of enabling technologies where we have power semiconductors, which are really critical for electric vehicles. So all in all, it's to say that it's really about being able to understand and invest in the whole value chain and to really look for the best opportunities there. And in which of the fields you just mentioned do you currently see the most potential for investors? Well, I would say at the moment, um, we are particularly particularly excited about e-mobility, as I just described, and the opportunities that will arise there. Because, I mean, just considering how this year, just this year, some of the major car manufacturers such as Volkswagen, BMW, General Motors, I mean, they've all committed their businesses towards electric vehicles in the future. So this will lead to compounding growth all across the electric vehicle value chain over the next years from, from semiconductors to electric motors to charging infrastructure, as I had described earlier. Uh, but all that being said, I think in terms of the big picture, it is still important for us not to become just too focused on one segment or a sub-theme, but to really stick to this kind of broader investment universe because that allows for flexibility and for di diversification. So you'll see that over time, some segments or some sub-themes some sub will be more interesting than others due to certain market conditions. But in the end, all of these segments will benefit from the energy transition over the long term. And I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind. Right. And we see that more and more investors want to create an impact with their investments. Um, what answers can you offer to this need? Uh, that is definitely the case where impact is becoming more and more important. And I think in, in that respect, firstly, there's the new EU uh, sustainable finance disclosure regulation, which uh, could actually be very useful for investors because effectively these regulations mean now that you have to categorize your 
uh, strategy into different levels of ESG impact. So that's actually a pretty useful frame of reference because it allows for some standardization across the industry. So um, our clean energy strategy, for example, is categorized as an Article 9, which basically means that the objective is to achieve a positive and measurable impact on the environment or society uh, alongside to delivering a financial return. So in that sense, this is where it becomes, it's not just about a best-in-class ESG strategy or just a strategy with ESG on the side, but it's really now about impact investing. Um, And of course, furthermore, in addition to that, we we deliver impact reports. We provide our clients with details on the types of ESG engagements that we do with our companies. So all in all, being able to to measure and report on impact is actually also a very important part of what we provide to investors. Okay, we're we're almost already at the end of this interview, uh, Jennifer. Uh, But let's just look ahead uh, for a moment. What are the key trends that we should look out for in the near future? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very interesting question. I think within the clean energy space at the moment, uh, the prospect of green hydrogen is actually very exciting. Um, we see that there's already a lot of talk around this, um, and the long and in the long term, we see that this is a very good way to decarbonize other parts of our economy that might be very hard to decarbonize because it cannot be done uh, solely through electrification. So, for example, um, I can think about the shipping industry which cannot just rely on electricity alone. So there needs to be some sort of alternative fuel and that's where green hydrogen could come in. So that's a very exciting area. Um, Another thing that I would anticipate or that we would anticipate is also, maybe I mentioned this earlier already, the growth in energy storage technologies. Uh, Again, just thinking about the reduction of costs in battery storage, we're really seeing and expecting maximal growth in in grid-scale batteries that are going to be complementary or to be built out alongside with renewables. Um, So therefore, batteries are also very interesting because of the growth on on the grid side, but then you also have the growth from the electric electric vehicle side. Um, So I would say these two areas, yeah, hydrogen and energy storage, these ones are very interesting for us. We're going to watch this space. (laughs) Thank you uh, so much for your time, Jennifer. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. You listened to a podcast about the opportunities that the energy transition offers to investors. I would like to thank today's guest, Jennifer Boscardin-Ching, Client Portfolio Manager of Pictet Asset Management, for her time and her insights. This podcast is offered to you by Pictet Asset Management. For more podcasts, please visit the Fonts News website, fontsnews.nl forward slash podcast. This marketing material is for professional investors only. It is prepared by Pictet Asset Management Europe SA. Address, Herengracht 456, 1017 CA Amsterdam. However, it is not intended for distribution to any person or entity who is a citizen or resident of any locality, state, country or other jurisdiction where such distribution, publication, or use would be contrary to law or regulation. Information used in the preparation of this document is based upon sources believed to be reliable, but no representation or warranty is given as to the accuracy or completeness of those sources. Any opinion, estimate or forecast may be changed at any time without prior warning. Investors should read the prospectus or offering memorandum before investing in any Pictet managed funds. Tax treatment depends on the individual circumstances of each investor and may be subject to change in the future. 
Past performance is not a guide to future performance. All forms of investment involve risk. The value of investments and the income from them can fall as well as rise and is not guaranteed. You may not get back the amount originally invested. For information about personal data protection, please refer to the Pictay Group's privacy notice, available on our website, am.pictay. <laughs>